extra, extra, read all about it, smallpox outbreak in Bath. Entire city in lockdown, nobody allowed in or out. Marital discord a possibility, guidance counsellors put on standby. Extra, extra, vaccination centres on the way. An entire city in quarantine owing to a virus outbreak. Honestly, these melodramas of yesteryear couldn't off be a bit far-fetched. Yes, I mean, I enjoy a good disaster movie as much as the next person, but come on, let's be realistic. <clears throat> Hello, it's Matt. And Gavin. From the Britpop Movies of a Certain Age podcast. Here with our review of 1963's Bath-based disaster movie come Portrait of a Rocky Marriage, 80,000 Suspects. Consultant Dr Stephen Monks and his wife Julie, a former nurse, are about to head off on a potentially relationship-salvaging second honeymoon when Stephen becomes aware of a new strain of the smallpox virus that has broken out in the city. It's always a mistake to pop back into work on your holiday. And while it's all hands on deck professionally, serious cracks appear in the couple's already strained marriage, worsened by the revelation of Stephen's past affair with the wife of a colleague. And there's a potential epidemic to sort out too... Hmm. 80,000 Suspects was written, produced and directed by one of our finest filmmakers, the great Val Guest. Then at the peak of his powers and on a hot streak of classic movies with Expresso Bongo, Hell is a City, The Day the Earth Caught Fire, Jigsaw and the following years The Beauty Jungle all appearing in swift succession. Although directed with his usual tautness and precision, Guest's script, based on the novel Pillars of Midnight by Quiller Memorandum author Elliston Trevor, is rather ponderous and exposition-heavy, and could perhaps have done with the input of his frequent collaborator Wolf Mankiewicz, with whom he'd recently won a BAFTA with their script for The Day the Earth Caught Fire. It is a shame that so much emphasis is placed on the central character's rocky relationship, when the real excitement comes in the scenes dealing with the tracing and containment of the epidemic. Interestingly, after coming to prominence as the scriptwriter for comedian Will Hayes' run of classic comedy films in the late 30s, Guest's first effort as a director was 1942's ten-minute short The Nose Has It, in which comedian Arthur Askey warns of the germ-related dangers of not deploying a handkerchief when sneezing. Mm. The film unites two of the stars of the same year's British-made horror classic, Robert Wise's brilliant The Haunting, in Claire Bloom and Richard Johnson. And while both give dependable performances within the confines of the script... Bloom's character often comes across as simply stoic and brittle, while Johnson is a rather butch and charmless alpha male of a hero. Yes. Try to play a drinking game based on the amount of times his character says please, and you'll end the film more sober than you started. The supporting cast includes such familiar faces as Cyril Cusack, Mervyn Johns and Norman Bird, the ubiquitous Van der Godsel, future Heidi High star Felix Bonus, and doing a quite magnificent bit of drunk acting, Guest's wife and regular collaborator, American actress Yolanda Donlan. Also, keep a lookout for a brief appearance in his final film role by former Will Hay sidekick Graham Moffat as a nervous patient in the vaccination queue keeling over at the sight of a needle. Moffat was in semi-retirement from acting by this point and was at the time the landlord of the city's English Coombe Inn. Although often used as a backdrop for movies, it is rare that the beautiful West Country city of Bath is explicitly used as the location for an entire film, with place names, landmarks and businesses pointedly included in the script. 
This means a lot to both of us, as we both hail from the West Country and have strong connections with the city. Indeed, a street that I lived in for many years is glimpsed in the film, and it is interesting, if not strangely poignant, to see Bath in its smoke-blackened 60s grime before it became the gentrified vanilla ice cream sculpture that it is today. It is strange, though, that with all the effort made to firmly place the tale in the city, that not one single West Country accent is heard in the entire movie. Ah, that's because the extras were all cast from the Cockney Quarter of Bath. Really? Yes. Cool, blimey, love it up, gov, I was a cheeky, chirpy West Country yokel sparrow. Knees up, Mother Brown, sing a song round the old Joanna, Queen Mother, is she marvellous? Give a rock and punch out the bracket, you slag! Ooh, ah. Ah, I see. So this is a film that is more relevant, if not worryingly prescient, today than it was when it was made, and the quarantine of a single smallish city in the face of a virus outbreak now seems peculiarly small-scale by comparison to this year's events. Yes, but didn't they jump to it in those days? Mmm, instant lockdown. This may be a flawed work, but it is still a good example of one of our finest directors at the top of his game. And it is showing... Only on Talking Pictures TV on Wednesday 23rd September at 11.50am. Until then, from the Britpop Movies of a Certain Age podcast, I've been Matt Bragg. And I'm still Gavin Lazarus.